0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now.
0: Welcome back to the Three O Take presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 302. I'll be your host, Kyle and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. And yes, the return of four-time guest, Brian Ripkin. Fellas, how are we doing? Let's go.
2: Let's doing go. great. Happy Monday. I want the count to keep going up, so I'd like hearing four. Hopefully, we can make it five next time.
0: Just a recurring guest and who knows, maybe... Maybe a little, something a little more permanent down the road. Time will Ooh. tell. Who knows? Little we'll teasers. See. I like little, little teasers. teasers. Uh, speaking of which, I appreciate the Happy Monday, Ryan. If you're if you're not following Ryan on Twitter, uh, that's something that you can look forward to just about every day. Is a happy is a, happy tweet. A happy Happy Tuesday, Happy Wednesday tweet. Just to get your day started, get your get yeah. your week
2: started. There. You guys are noticing that. You know what? There's nothing I'm, better. We learn this in, in the minors that. You got to be, and I have one teammate. uh, Won't say his name, but big positive energy train guys. So we get on the positive energy train, and you need that. You need that in baseball. You need that in life. And just a little words each day. So I appreciate you guys knowing that. Um, And I hope everyone does have a good day. Life can be hard, but I think I think Ryan's
1: going to be that. He's going to be that guy for us. I think. Ryan's going to be that, that ray of sunshine little, when we yeah. get
0: cranky, overly cranky.
1: We, we get a little cranky. We start heading in that direction, and then we just keep going. Ryan's going to be like, no, guys, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's it's Monday. Don't forget that.
2: I don't know if that's the most positive way to look at it. but No? <laughs> yeah, well, guys, I don't think everyone goes, yes, it's Monday. However, Monday, you can have a great day, and I'm just excited to be back with you guys. It's, it's always a pleasure and a blast, so... Um, I can't wait for the rest of the show.
0: Which is a reminder, if if you're still listening to this podcast after last episode where we just railed on the Field of Dreams game for what yeah. seemed like an hour and a half, thank you. It's, Sorry it's about good that. To, good, to, good to have you back.
2: <laughs> Glad you're here.
0: Um, yeah. Let's get things started off with the voicemail. We got uh, one lined up for us here today, I believe. Uh, might be about a team in the American League Central, but... We shall, we shall see let's uh, let's get it rolling here
3: hey guys John again here first off Nate congratulations on your 300th episode um this is a couple things when we get into it um, can we stop talking about the white sox now in a legitimate team this year now that ta is out for the rest of the season um, I'm just sick and tired. Of hearing about how, oh, well, they're, they're a contender. they you know, they just have some injuries and go the right way. No, they're awful this year. They're awful. Turner LaRusa needs to go. If the, if, if, if Ricky Hahn was of a, a smart man, he would call the nationals and say, Hey, I'll, I'll take Patrick Corbin's contract off your hands. Just, just throw Davy Martinez into the deal and, and we went and we can call it square. Um, Tony I have to go. Maybe T.A. can learn some humility on missing the rest of this year. I don't know if that's even possible, but uh, the dude was electric last year. This year, he's just a petulant child, and I'm sick and tired of hearing from him. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the White Sox. Um, the other thing is uh, – Shots Fernando fired. Um, the dude is just – he is a piece of work um, of his own doing, and uh, I was wondering uh, what would you guys think about this if – um if H. A. Preller um, called the Angels and said, hey, um, you guys want to swap contract for contract, we'll send you Tatis and you send us Trout. Uh, Tatis is still young enough where he can sit there and the Angels can maybe try to figure something out how to get to the playoffs. And then Trout has the opportunity to go to a team that actually has an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Um, and he doesn't have to feel like he has to hold the weight of this entire team on his shoulders. Um but, yeah, those are a couple of things right there. Um, looking forward to the next episode. Take care, guys. Hanging up and listening.
1: John's
0: feeling hot today. Bringing Ooh. the hot takes on this this lovely Monday. Let, let me just try to digest everything I just heard. We, we got contracts swapping all over the place. We got oh. – what do you say he said? Uh, Davey Martinez and Patrick Corbin to the White Sox at a package deal, which – I feel Once like last we, time need, we had a manager. I was going to say we way. need to have more of that. We need to have some yeah, some some managers packaging these deals and they said trout for trout for Tatis, Tatis straight up. Wow, that's a lot to take in.
2: There's a lot to unpack here.
1: <laughs> I um I'm I'll uh, sure. Let's be done with the White Sox. I don't I don't know. I honestly thought they were we were done talking about them like a month ago. I didn't know they were still a conversation but, piece for people.
0: When I alluded to the the voicemail that we had being about the White Sox before we started recording, Nate rolled his eyes and was visibly upset that we were going to have to talk about the White Sox. But I don't think he realized it was merely a request to stop talking about the White Sox. Yeah,
1: that makes me feel better. Let's just put it. Let's just be done with them. Like they're bad. This is a bad, bad flop. Like this is a horribly lost
0: failure of a season we i mean we are a podcast of ownership nate we do have to we, we got to put the hand up and say we were we were on the the white Sox train but along with 90 of baseball fans uh, i think true yeah we we weren't like it, it wasn't a hot take by any stretch but i think yeah. we do have to acknowledge that it's not like we've been preaching this all year we we were we were very much pro white Sox, just waiting on them turning around saying that the guardians weren't real and here we are mid August and that seems to be the case. So
2: Well, uh, you know what? Here I go with being positive with the White Sox. I think the thing that's been disappointing for everyone is that everyone expected the White Sox to come out of the gate and be the perennial American League pennant contending team. Ahead of the Yankees and ahead of the Astros. like the Ryan's,
0: ex- We're going to leave this podcast. Ryan's going to have us believing that the White Sox are going to win the World Series. So just wait. I can uh, just see it. No, I can so, see it.
2: So everyone's expect. I think from the expectations of what everyone thought the White Sox would be to how the season has gone. For most teams, people would, would want to be in the position the White Sox are in. They're still in the division race. Obviously, Cleveland's playing well. The Twins are still right there with them. But the White Sox, despite everything that's gone wrong, is still involved in it. Now, are they being looked at as teams to represent the American League right now? No, people are starting to fade them. But there are 45 to 50 games left. They're two and a half, I think, out. It's You never know what happens I'm just going to come on here and and be positive with it. But I do understand for the amount that people talked about, this was the White Sox year. It has not lived up to those expectations.
1: I mean, it is true. I think we do forget like how close that division is. But I, I don't think they're, they're being, I don't think they're getting enough attention for how bad of a season this is. I don't think that's being talked about enough. I think the Red Sox are, a, are an example of being an underwhelming team this year that are getting buried way more than a White Sox team, in my mind, that had a better roster to start the season. And I understand injury bug, like whatever, that's fine. But at a certain point, your All-Stars have to be All-Stars, and we're not seeing it. And Mankata looks like a flop. That dude looks like an absolute mistake. And Luis Robert can't stay healthy. You know the Eloy going down does hurt, but you have an aging Jose Abreu. I'm I'm just I'm confused with what they're doing, and there's no no need to even pull at the at the Larusa thread at this point because we all know that the guy's asleep at the wheel, literally a couple of weeks ago. So I I don't see it. is you can put it at two two and a half between wild card and division. I don't care. It, it's like I. I don't see them stringing together a few solid weeks,
0: not with how things have gone. And I mean, we saw what they did la- correct me if I'm wrong here, but we saw what they did last year and they had a, a much better year than they're having this year yeah. and flopped in the division series. Yeah. So I don't know how you can look at that and expect based on what they've done this year for that to somehow improve upon itself. I I don't know. Doesn't make much sense. I'm over me, it, though. I yeah, mean, we, all, I'm done. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I think uh, we can put an end to the, the White Sox hype. Um, yeah. He did mention Tatis, but let's just transition into the Tatis news as a whole because, obviously, a lot to lot to unpack here. Tatis gets hit with an 80-game suspension, uh, which I believe began last Friday once the news broke. Um, so he's going to be out the remaining 48 regular season games uh, or however many was left at the the time of the suspension. Um, It is dependent upon in terms of how long it goes into or how deep it goes into 2023 based on how far they go into the postseason, assuming they make it. Um, And I also read that he is uh, not expected to be eligible for the World Baseball Classic. So a lot to look at here with one of baseball's brightest stars.
2: I mean, uh you know, here I'll take the I'll take the lead on this. And I think this is a big topic and I think Tatis one it's not a good look for the looking at the future superstars of baseball and Tatis is an international superstar for baseball. He's missed the entire season. He's in a situation where Juan Soto just gets added. The excitement's there. And then all of a sudden, that's such a deflating thing for a team that's trying to find find their footing. And they were waiting. They were expecting him to come back. And now the Padres are going to have to, after giving up all of this for Soto and hoping to put their best roster on the field for the postseason, hopefully, are now going to be wondering the what if and have to now most likely miss their star player for a portion of next season, just everything that could go wrong for the Padres recently, it feels like is going wrong.
1: My three first things that I thought of as soon as I heard the news, number one, why is there not a a steroid or illegal substance clause in these contracts? I agree. Why is that not included? At what point are we going to start understanding that like, Hello, how many guys do we have to see this with? For a team to get stuck with this, and this is a smudge going forward. One of the, like you said, the brightest stars in baseball at twenty three years old. This is never going to go away. So number one, why is this not? And why is there's there's no exit route? There's no there's no safety net in these contracts for for teams. It's ridiculous. That needs to change moving forward. Second thing is. Did you hear Manny Machado's quote? From what I heard, it was, uh, we've gotten this far without him.
0: Well, read your, what's your third thing? And then I'll, I'll, let's go through these quotes.
1: My my third thing is, I'm curious if Preller and the Padres knew about this before we heard about this. And that's maybe why they went chips all in for Soto. I was maybe reading, they had this, maybe they had this all yeah, maybe they had this figured out already, and they were willing to be that team because they were going to hit this desperation point when this news broke. And I think maybe that's why they wanted to soften the blow with the Soto move. I don't know. I mean, we're we are talking about what a solid two week difference. So it's a lot of
2: speculation for sure.
1: Yeah. So you gotta wonder if like maybe the Padres knew about it. And this is how they, they combated it. But I don't know.
0: So as you mentioned, Nate, a couple guys uh, within the organization have, have since spoken out and um, not exactly a glowing yeah, stamp of support for their guy. Uh, you mentioned Machado. Machado came out and said he hasn't been part of the team all year. We've gotten to this point so far without him. We were waiting to get him back and hopefully be a spark plug for the team. Uh, Mike Clevenger came came on and said, "This is the second time we've been very disappointed with him. You hope he grows up and learns from this, and learns that it's about more than just him. Right now, it would be it would be nice to have uh, somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. We've got everybody we need right here." Mm. Side note: I don't know. I don't know if Mike Clevenger is exactly the beacon of morality here, so take that with a grain of salt. Or, or how you will but Machado one of the teams whether voluntarily or not one of the team's leaders him coming out there and and basically scolding him as as much as you can do in a in a in an interview such as that that's not that's not a good look for Tatis especially considering how we've seen him call him out in the dugout in in what was that mm-hmm. last year the year before mm-hmm. yeah there was mm-hmm. a little bit of a history there and I don't know man this this just isn't a good luck between this and the the motorcycle incident I just I don't know man I don't it, know and the the thing that I thought of Nate was you've mentioned a big thing before with you i I want to say it was with trout is you're like I I don't want to hear any more goat talk until stop saying goat like you until can't say it. Yeah. you can do it on a like consistent basis stay 100%. healthy stay on the field and that that's a conversation for another day but it's the for me I think that's the same thing I think about when I think about Tatis where it's like you hear about all these great things that Tatis is capable of doing we've seen a flash in the pan but the reality of it is and I got a note here. Over the course of the first four seasons he will have played in only 273 of a possible 546 re- regular season games. So what are we really doing here? And I keep I, I, and the, the funny thing is, is I I keep seeing him in in these commercials and I and I get it like you you need a few uh, maybe a week or two to cycle out some some new footage for your your MLB commercials and all that, but it's just it's odd to me that you see a guy that's so embedded in the discussion around the faces of the sport and and the the crop of players that are leading the the push and helping to grow the game and grow the popularity, and you just haven't really seen him all that much. And he's always getting into trouble like this. So it, at a certain point, you you really have to wonder if he's gonna if somebody's gonna sit that guy down, sit that kid down, really, and mm-hmm. and go, dude, we gotta we gotta clean it up, or else this isn't gonna work out.
2: I think this is also where, because the thing with Tatis of why he is, why people are so interested, is because baseball wants this new energy, and of course Tatis has that. And whether or not that you believe in that that energy, or you are more old school, the reality is when he plays, he's a fun guy to watch. Now, for Tatis moving forward, you are right. Anything about his status as a player is always going to have performance-enhancing tied to him. And this not only affects Tatis, this affects any big contracts moving forward because when you're trying to evaluate players and how much do you want to spend on a guy, and I think Robinson Cano had this issue a few years ago, a few years back. He got the big contract and went to Seattle, and then he got hit with uh, suspension. I think when he came to the Mets, maybe. I forget the what it was but you I always it was end of end of Seattle era. Right. Yeah. I think, so you're wondering in that. your mind is, is there something else there? Because, and, and I think that there are, con- I had to look into it, but I think some teams are trying to put that in clauses and contracts, but there's that component from a business side where that's frustrating to players that are doing it the right way. But now teams are going to be more, are going to be thinking more uh, conservatively. Last thing I'll say with that. And I think for, and I, and I hate, that this is a situation, but I kind of even think it's more of a slap on the wrist for Tatis. And I know it's set as an 80 game um, suspension, but for him, if there isn't a clause in his contract and it's only 80 games, the worst thing that happened for him is that he's going to miss the rest of this season and he'll miss a little bit of next season. And I think that that will send the wrong message to what's happening for future guys. I think just everything that can go wrong for the sport in that way is happening right now with Tatis. And it's a shame but it's necessary. It's necessary for MLB and for people to understand that to earn great opportunities and to make a great living and get these contracts, there's a responsibility both to your team and also to your ownership organization to go out there and present yourself on and off the field. Sorry, that was a lot. Lot lot, wow. lot. it just I mean, started coming at me.
1: It's 100% nail on the head. And and let me ask you this, we're someone that's that's been in clubhouses that's that's been a, around, I'm sure a ton of teammates dealing with injuries or, you know, different like, you know, actual like stomach bugs or viruses or this is it's claimed to be a, some type of cure for ringworm. Have you ever seen guys not go through the correct protocol of double-checking what they're inserting in their body?
2: You know, I I can't speak on that specifically because I think nowadays and if you followed with everything that happened from A-Rod on as far as with the biogenesis and players, you can have things that never happen at the clubhouse, nor should they. If you're going to take anything, True. worse than to do it is at the clubhouse. So yeah. I think the responsibility, though, and this is the thing, especially when you get a big contract, you know, they are relying on you to be out there. And you brought up a great point, Kyle, about – his, his availability when you sign like when, this is why I think when I look at guys and people go, well, you know if they look at his a, a guy's numbers and say they're not these all- star out of the world numbers like Tatis, but he plays hundred and forty games a year and he's been there for 10 years. I want you consistency availability equals productivity, and I don't care how talented you are if you can't be available there's no way you're going to be productive. And I don't care how, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many home runs he had last year and it was amazing, but I can tell you what's happening this year. He has no numbers that are helping the team. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that you can do that's going to help the Padres be World Series contenders for this year. And that is such a disappointment for not just the organization, but the fan base. And we're just talking about the Dodgers are just rolling. You were hoping he would be the guy to help you. And now you got to lean on the rest of the Padres to get to the playoffs and, and pray you can get by one of these top NL teams?
0: Well, over the course of the season, yes, the Dodgers have been have been rolling for all for all uh intents and purposes. But as of late, I think the Padres can at least benefit from the this uh this recent I guess the upgrades they made at the deadline they can they can at least like you were saying they can at least use that to kind of carry that to kind of bridge the gap here, if you will. Um, But the the biggest thing for me is I'm thinking about the legacy for Tatis because
1: the dude just broke so many hearts. Well, like so many hearts were just broken. Of we're talking eight, nine, ten year old kids that the wore the pink sleeves yeah they had the big sunglasses and they were in 23 like this dude just altered the course for his entire career the rest of the way out
0: but what i'm curious about is did it happen early enough in his career like is is this something that truly because i'm hearing a lot of hyperbole and i just don't know i feel like we have to maybe be a little cautious pump the brakes just a little bit in terms of saying that this is going to carry with him for the rest of his career did it happen early enough to where maybe at some point down the road and I'm, I'm not saying one way or another i'm genuinely curious or is this truly a situation where it's like the the black mark is there to stay
1: no because we're never that eventually that ringworm conversation is going to fade And 15 years from now when he if he does do what he's capable of doing and putting up Potential Hall of Fame numbers. He has the skill set to do that. I think we can all agree that he's capable of doing it. If he can stick around and stay healthy, if he gets to that point where he's creeping in the four or five hundred home runs, and you know, four or five hundred stolen bases, and Gold Glove defense, and there is a lot of awards starting to trickle in, then this conversation is going to come back up. And what's not going to be attached to that conversation is what drug he took. It's never been a part of the conversation because we look back at A-Rod. We look back at other guys that have been in that, you know, Palmero and and guys that have been right in the thick of it. Outside of HGH, have we ever tried to specify what drug it was? We just remember that they got suspended. We just remember that they showed up on a list. That's all we're going to remember. I mean, go back even, we already mentioned Cano. What did he take? I don't know. I don't remember. That's four or five years ago. I don't remember. So, the conversation of what he did and how it happened, I think is going to fade. And it's just going to be that, that box that's checked. Was he suspended for something he didn't, or wasn't supposed to take. And that's just going to be a yes. The rest of the way out.
2: It's the perception. It's going to be yeah. the perception of Tati. The good thing is he has more years of his career to wash away. He, he can let his game speak for itself moving forward. So if he comes the next 10 years and he plays the high caliber level, but everyone is going to now think, well, when did this take place? Was this just one year? Did you just not get caught in the future? It's always going to be attached,
1: just like with everyone
2: else. And unless the Hall of Fame changes their status on it for other guys, like Barry Bonds, it was noted that Barry Bonds, to me, was one of the best players of all time. But as soon as he had an association with steroids, and he was a Hall of Fame player before then, that's changed. So that's what I want to say. The perception is going to lie no matter what. Because of this one failed test.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as far as his teammates' comments go, this would be a different story if this was an on-field injury. If this was a TJ. If this was a a broken bone that took him out from playing baseball. These are back-to-back gut punches from immature, ridiculous mistakes that should not be made as a professional anything. And it's not good.
0: And Ryan, so like you were saying, I don't
1: saying, blame Machado or Clevenger. No, for what they I said. don't.
0: I don't either. And and the thing that you were saying, Ryan, about not putting up any numbers that are helping the Padres right now. The other thing that I don't think that maybe enough people are really taking into consideration here. He may be off the field right now because of an injury, and and obviously now because of the suspension. It's not like he can help the team otherwise. He can't put up numbers, and now, because of the way he's he's handled himself and behaved as he a, can't even be a, a young house. kid with money, can't even be in the clubhouse. And, and even if this – you 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 take you pretend like this suspension didn't even happen. You really think these guys are going to be listening to Tatis as a clubhouse presence based on the way he was handling himself with a, a motorcycle accident and just the overall kind of lackadaisical – care for the way he that he handles himself. Like no. And then you do like I said, that's that's not even taking into account the suspension. Now you tack that on there, these guys don't really care what this guy has to say. And that's that's got to be a little alarming if you're Fernando Tatis.
2: He's gotta have to earn it. He's gonna have to earn all of the respect back from the guys in the clubhouse. And first and foremost, that's what he's gonna have to like that's the first thing he's gonna have to do when he comes back. And I know that, and then he's gonna have to earn the the fans' trust back. But fans are gonna come and go with that. They're gonna either hate him or they're gonna love him. That's a part of being a player and and the experience. But the thing that you need to try to have respect for is the guys you're playing with. And so that's gonna be a battle. But last thing I'll say, positive because we're a positive guy with the Padres. You made those points uh, with teammates coming out and saying it's Machado. This is the reality. He wasn't here, so what? We are here, whoever's here, we're going to try to win. And if that's, and right now, if you're a Padres fan, you like hearing leaders say that because that's yeah. what has to happen. So it's good that Machado is coming out and saying those things and it's, and it's showing accountability and that they still believe because you still have to believe even with this gut punch. What, I mention, mean, what happens
1: to the, any Padres success after this, when he does come back? I mean you're almost gonna you're almost gonna rub a smear on any Padre success, any postseason visit, any postseason run, you're gonna say, Well, you got a cheater on your team. The same what? way the O nine Yankees got that, right? A Rod. It's it's gonna stay with that specific team's success moving forward for here on out.
0: Well, I think at least from a PR perspective, like we already mentioned, having Soto on your team and having gone out and made that acquisition that that's huge because I mean there are a few guys in the league better equipped to handle themselves at such a young age in Juan Soto and he he's got what two full after this after this season isn't yep. he younger something, something like tatties. that I think he's, I, I, it was think like two and some change I think when they when they got him at the yep. deadline
2: with, with Soto with Soto they got the, they got the complete package. So right now, it makes even more sense why, you know, in hindsight, but look at this now, you just got one of the, the biggest spaces in baseball again, and honestly, Soto has been nothing but stable, and that is what you need. You can say about his antics, but when you can talk about Soto on the field and how he's handled himself, he has been exactly what you want from a player, and plus he's extremely good uh, in between the lines.
0: And they're not even antics for antics' sake. They're, that's just something that people that don't have him on their team don't like about him. But if you have him on your team, it's the same. You go back to – I say this all the time. I preach it till I'm blue in the face. You go back to Bryce Harper when when we were trying to figure out where he was going to land with this mega mm-hmm. contract, and people are saying, oh, forget this guy, man. The guy's a clown, too arrogant, too cocky. Lands with the Phillies, goes out and sets the record sales for tw- for a twenty four hour period the very next day. So, what does that tell you about these kind of guys? Where it's like, ah, oh, forget this guy, I don't want him. And then he lands on your team, and you are like, you know what? We're i I feel really good about our team right now. It, uh, so, the whole Soto antics thing that's never that's never really moved the needle for me. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, you get him. So uh, again, Nate, going back to your point, from a PR perspective, it it helps like I said, bridge that gap a little bit to where you, you at least fill this void uh, self-inflicted void, if you will, with Tatis, with a guy who Ryan, as you said, is stable, consistent, is going to provide you consistent productivity at the plate. And, and then the clubhouse guy, I'm sure the guys love him there. So they at least avoided a landmine with that. So in terms of how it taints the team moving forward, I, I don't know. I'm sure we've seen instances like this before that we could go back and look on, look look at, but I think even beyond that, I think people just love to hate the Padres for some reason. So that that could play into it in another factor. So
1: I don't know. I mean, I I and that's John kind of brought up a, a decent point of of is there a team that would be willing to take on majority of that contract. And would the Padres be willing to eat some of it getting him out of there?
0: I think that's an easy. Yes. We've seen guys do far
1: worse, but the question is what kind of team is it? Is it a team that is, is happily playing the role of enemy like the Dodgers or is it a team that you can't help but root for anytime they have success plug in I don't know a Braves team or you know what I mean like somebody like that that you can see them doing it the right way and maybe he can kind of learn some things from those veterans over there you know I'm curious to see
2: how that plays out yeah I think reality though for Tatis again 23 years old is that right 20 young very young yeah he's not going anywhere he is going to be a Padre unless something else happens again. But this could be the wake-up call for him and for the Padres. You invested in him, and from a business standpoint, young player, super talented. You don't just let guys walk like that unless you believe it's going to be a consistent thing, and you're just you're ready to move on. I don't think the Padres are close for that, but right now, you as we've just we, we've we've talked about this a ton, There's just there's nothing good that can come out of it at this moment. But Tatis now moving forward, he can set he can set the standard of what he can do from here. This is what happened. Now, what are you going to do to earn back the trust and to get back on the field for the next season?
0: And just to be clear, I don't think any of us, I won't speak for you guys, but I'm I'm guessing. I don't think any of us are seriously suggesting that Tatis is going to get sent somewhere anytime soon. But you look at a situation that's very similar, not in terms of how he's handled himself, but just in terms of the contract, the the lack of postseason success. You look at a guy like Mike Trout when he signed that extension. You're going, all right, this is where he's going to stay. This is where he's going to finish his career. Just this past trade deadline, people are going, well, it, is now the time to maybe just to flip him? Like while you like while while you can, maybe get some. They're talking about letting go of Shohei. So it's like these. These surefire things that you think are just going to be the case from the the standard moving forward don't end up being that way. So, again, I don't think we're saying that Tatis is necessarily going anywhere, but crazier things have happened. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the record, something crazy almost did happen yesterday, but came up uh, an inning short. Drew Rasmussen almost threw a perfect game. I believe it was nine years and three hundred and sixty-four days. It was a day short of the ten year mark from Felix Hernandez's uh perfect game back. Wow, in. that's it's been ten flown years by yeah, ten years wow. to ten years today. Happy uh ten old. year anniversary. Feel old. Felix Hernandez. Uh didn't allow a base runner through eight innings, gave up a leadoff double in the top of the ninth to Jorge Mateo. I've been saying it literally since probably April or May. If there is a team that you could award peskiest team in baseball to, it's the Baltimore Orioles, and it's like even something like this—they can't just let the Rays have it. They have to go out there and, but
1: also like by their peskiest player as well. I'm I mean, telling we, you, dude, can we agree there? Like Jorge Mateo is a is a problem because we talked about it off air last week. The guy is gonna find a way to. Involved in a game somehow. He's going to make something defensively happen. He can go 0 for three with a couple walks, but he's going to have a couple stolen bags, a couple runs. That guy is like an energizer bunny at all times, and it's he's 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 the definition of pesky.
2: I I agree. He he is Mateo is playing very confidently, especially in the second half. And if you're going to break it up and you're talking about being pesky, who better to do it than? Than Mateo, you know, I want to point this out, though, with I don't know what the, the, the pitch line was going into the ninth inning, but I'm pretty sure Rasmussen, Rasmussen, I've always messed up and I played against him. He his pitch count was extremely low. Going That's what I wanted to ninth.
0: highlight. He had through seven innings. He had sixty three pitches and that Incredible. wasn't to start. That wasn't to start the seventh. That was through seven innings.
2: And just think 63. about that. That's, that's under 10 in an inning. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable efficiency. He was pitching an unbelievable game. Best game of his career so far. It was his first time going into the eighth inning. And actually, when I faced him, I faced him last year in, in A, and they were building him to be a starter, but he was building up going two innings, going three innings, and then obviously this year. So really, really great for him. It. I know... Orioles fans are not going to like me saying this, but it is always cool to witness history. I'm glad it didn't happen on the Orioles account. But I think it's fair to say, I think with you guys, if it had happened, you know, perfect games are so rare. So, um, you know, and actually, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but the team that Felix was pitching against, was that the Tampa Bay Rays?
0: It was. yep, Mm. sure was. Baseball is a funny (laughs) game. man.
1: Yeah, it sure is. Did, uh, did, I uh, I didn't watch, uh, I was out all day. Did, did, uh, we have like any spectacular defensive play
0: that kept it in conversation at any point? Well, the ball that Mateo hit, I believe, what was it? Diaz down there at third, Ryan? I don't know if you were, if you caught the end of it. I think it was Diaz down there at third. That could have been, I don't know. I don't know if I maybe missed any earlier in the game. Cause I tuned in probably like the sixth or seventh.
2: Yeah, I was um, traveling quite a bit. The one down the line, it, you know, when Mateo got the hit. That uh, would have
0: been probably the one had he got it because he didn't miss for it by sure. much.
2: I will say the one play that I did see was Brett Phillips at a ball. And I mean, it was inches away from um, Rasmussen's head. And right into the shift, the good old shift, there's a guy playing right over second base to get the out. Those are the two closest ones that I saw. Uh, I just really cannot get over the fact of how efficient he was around the plate. That... I honestly think if the, if he had been able to do that, that had to have been the lowest pitch count in perfect game history had he completed it. Um, but it's also there was some chirpiness
1: in this series as well. There was a little bit yeah, of yeah. I think the blue was cleared going on. the day
0: before, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yep. Dor was ready to throw down as always. As always. Did yes, uh, he was. what was that about? I didn't even see what that was.
2: Kyle, did you see it?
0: I didn't. I did. I saw that they that they that the bench is cleared. I don't yeah. think it All right. I'll, escalated I'll jump anything.
2: in cause I think uh, so. Uh, there was a moment. I guess I think Fairbanks was pitching for the Rays and he was ready uh, to throw. Yes. And it, it was a late time call. Yeah. So, that's right. Torino's Chirin, had a late time call, and the umpire granted it. Next pitch. Strikeout, or you know, back in play. Strikeout. Waves and and fairbanks waves at him, and and it could be talking to Torino's, could be talking to the umpire. And my my personal opinion, there, if you're the pitcher, that's you. You have your problem with the umpire. You don't have it. One hundred percent. He's the one that granted it. But as a player, if you start, if a pitcher starts yelling at me after a strikeout where you just struck me out, I'm gonna chirp back, and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened. And then everyone saw the benches clear. So that's where that whole thing happened. And, um, you know, but again, that take that up with the umpire. Uh, but then there goes Odor. He's right in the middle. And that's, yeah. I'll tell you what, there's one guy that if I'd say I want to be in a brawl with after seeing his history of it, I'm taking him. <laughs> Odor is probably yeah. my my first sign up. He's at the front of the line for sure. Is this not the?
1: I mean, this isn't the first time old Fairbanks has had some issues with people for a very minor thing. I think we've seen this before, where he's just kind of.
0: Is this a guy that doesn't? His, this is the guy that doesn't blink, right? He
1: doesn't blink. I think yeah. he might be, yeah, like low key, like a like a scary person on the inside. I I don't know. He I just I've never seen him blink. I don't know what his eyelids look like. Overall, I think. Uh, he's he's gets he gets his feathers ruffled, like, a lot. And I'm like, again, kind of going back to what you said, Ryan, like, it's not anyone else's problem. And we've seen this stuff a lot this year with the, the pitch pitchcom stuff. There's been a lot of, like, weird time calls. There's been a lot of, like, awkward delays. We're still figuring that stuff out. I don't think there's any fault on Torinos' part for stepping out and being awarded something that
2: you can't. It's not his fault it was awarded. No. No, I mean, that, that's the end of the day because I've been on both sides where I've been granted and be like, hey, time, time. You don't get time and you, the ball, you have to react. And you're pissed. Yeah, it, and, and you're pissed. Someone's going to be mad. But right. that's it. But it's not, it shouldn't be on the players. The umpire has to make decision. Everyone likes to blame the umpires, you know, but in this case, they are the ones making the decision. It's a yes or a no. And if they say yes, I'm granting time. Well, then there's your problem.
0: You know, I just
1: love Pit, that pitch clock these... fixes this. By the way, stop. We're not just saying. No, we're not going oh, no. down that road. Just saying, pitch I... clock will will affect this.
0: I love that these teams are getting chirpy in mid-August, and it's not because the Orioles are just pissed and tired of losing. Like the they're getting chirpy because they're they're feeling bu- good. They're feeling good. They're in, they're in the hunt, and these baseball games mean something. The Baltimore mm-hmm. Orioles. Are playing in games that mean something in mid-August.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, what I like about this scenario is that Chirinos and Odor are the first ones in line because you got a younger core that hasn't been down this kind of stretch before, but you have these two leaders and veterans that have been on, cl- been with teams and been in clubhouses. That this is where we kick it on. This is where we put it in a new gear. We're making a run, and I like I like seeing those guys at the front of this confrontation. I think that speaks volumes to having that balance. I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, and I feel like no one really understands what veterans mean to a clubhouse. This is a perfect example of what they mean. They're providing that.
2: Exactly. Then that's why people in Baltimore are banging down the door for some of the prospects coming up. And, and I've talked about that. I'm going to talk about that on some of my own, uh, on my own Twitter and Instagram to explain a little bit more in detail But leadership in these moments, you have to have people that have been there. Mm -hmm. Odor has been there. Torinos has been a tremendous Mm -hmm. impact and presence in a locker room of a lot of young players. And when you traded away Mancini, you have to keep some sort of stabilization. And they have. Mm -hmm. Now, bringing back the point with what's going on in the series. Yeah, if the Orioles had won yesterday. They were the one with the spot over the Rays. now, And the Rays won the season series against the Orioles. So the tiebreaker, it was a big game. Not the end of the world, but you like to see that from these teams. You like to see impactful baseball. And I think as a fan, right? We've you, we're baseball guys here. We like it. Aren't you feeling now the itch for the postseason a little bit? Yeah, it's right here. You're in the the final. I think there's you know 45 games or so left, maybe 48. It's right here, and I think yesterday's game was proving that. The teams are aware of it, and also the fans are starting to feel that postseason baseball is right around the corner.
0: Yeah. See, speaking of uh, potential postseason baseball season veterans, that's one of Nate's favorite subjects. Uh, no better time to transition to talking about uh, one of the greatest hitters of all time, Albert Pujols. He's he's getting he's getting close. He's nearing seven hundred. He's got what 689 Mhm. All right, it today is August 15th. Can he get there? For anyone listening, can
1: can we can you reiterate that question in yeah, any other way or can No, no, I just want you to can you just I, repeat No, it? I just want to get it Go ahead I want to get it, it out
0: I want to get it out there because people have been Hitting me up in the in the DMs saying, "Oh, we deserve an apology from, or Pujols deserves an apology from Nate." And people are hitting you up saying you need to apologize. Ryan, what was the key word in his question? Will he get to seven hundred? Can
1: can can he get to seven hundred? I am a pro Albert Pujols guy. I love Albert Pujols. You're insane to not love Albert Pujols. He's one of the greatest players in our generation. One of the greatest hitters of all time. I don't owe an apology to anybody. You asked me if I thought he would get there. I said no. Am I rooting for him to get there? Am I rooting for myself to be wrong? Of course. I would love Albert Pujols to join I the 700 I think that's club. what
0: people don't aren't aware of. I think they think There's you're a, almost you, like against. Yeah, because you,
1: everyone out there bets with their heart. I'm not betting with my heart. I'm betting with my brain. And I'm telling you, 11 home runs with 40-something games left. When a team is trying to make a postseason run, you're just going to hand over a ton of ABs to Albert Pujols while you're making this run? Doubtful. I didn't think he would get the ABs he needed to get to 700. That was my argument. Not to mention, it's, you know, this, is, this isn't 15 years ago, Albert Pujols. This is a new, different kind of Albert Pujols. It was awesome to see him go for two over this weekend. Love that. But can he get there is a different question. Do you want him to get there? Is there any baseball fan on this planet that doesn't want him to get there?
0: There is a no. quote. I be, I'm like 99.9% sure that it was regarding Pujols. But there's a quote graphic out there floating around from this very podcast. I want to say probably it was probably the start of last season where you were quoted as saying something along the lines of you've accomplished literally everything what else is there for you to accomplish just retire already something some some version of that yeah and here you are pulling for him to make it to 700 so i Absolutely. think I, I think the people that that read that quote and heard that said on air a year or two ago and are seeing you now saying what you're saying about Pujols. I just think there's a little bit of little bit of disconnect. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. Here, here's I why there's, I said that. There's a here's why
1: confusion. I said that is because I was worried that he was going to have an, a terrible year. Like you want this guy to be successful, but like you also understand that like the age, you're like I don't want this. I don't want this to last too long. There are guys that stick around too long, and it becomes a, a different kind of conversation. You forget how legendary they were. That's what I did not want to happen to him this year. That's why I said, let's just call it. Because 700 seems like it's it's a pretty big hurdle to get to. So if we would have called it, we would have had, you know, uh, without any risk of losing that legendary description. Now for this season, at the beginning of the season, when you asked me, Albert and Miggy, Miggy. getting to the, the the big milestones, I said no. Because I didn't think it was going to happen. Did I want it to happen? Of course. Those are two guys that I hope get etched in stone of being one of the greatest ever. But it's a different question. I answered with my opinion, thinking it wouldn't happen. Do I want it to happen? Does my heart want it to happen as a baseball fan? Yes. Duh. So leave me alone. I'm not apologizing get to anybody. It. Hey, I I was I will apologize. I will apologize if I'm wrong. If he gets to 700 and I was wrong, then you'll, you'll hear the, the first person to admit it is me.
0: That's integrity. But that's if he's not
1: to 700, I'm owed a lot of apologies.
0: That's what we're about on this podcast. All, all I integrity. need all our listeners. Integrity
1: I need, a, I need and passion. filled with sorries. What passion. a passionate
2: Monday. What a passionate Monday, Nate. I think that's where we need to take it to the next level. But I think you bring up a great point that that was the worry for so many people is that the lasting memory of Albert Poole host was him not... Riding off into the sunset, it was him declining and not having any of these great memories and people seeing him struggle. And yeah. it's not it's, those; those aren't the lasting impressions you want as a as a fan of watching. Mm-hmm. But I, but you know, like for David Ortiz, I think Kyle. I mean, his last year, correct me if I'm, I mean borderline MVP. Than me, type he played, number. he oh, yes. played extremely yeah. well, and you're like, oh, come back. So there's the other side of it. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: yesterday's performance by Albert like that might be unless they go to the playoffs and he has a moment, but that might end up being his last impression that you see of him at this age, because, and you wow, saw, you saw the swag too. And that was like unbelievable. You saw him flex he was, bat and bat flipping, I was like, Whoa, he that felt, was cool. he felt the passion. A lot yeah. of passion was coming out of pool host, but it, and it was, it was in St. Louis. It was a meaningful game. You're playing the Brewers and he, he have two home runs there, so it gets you excited, but you're right. How many games, 44 games left? And you know I I again, I'm Mr. Positive, but I'll be Mr. Realist here. If it's 44 games left, that means he has to hit a home run every four games. Does he get the at-bats to do that to be determined? Kyle, you've been sitting over there. I haven't what where do you stand? Hey,
0: look, I'm just here asking the questions. Uh, I'm not I'm not mm. taking a stance one way or another. I made I I made my choice at the start of the season. That was one of my that was one of my takes. I I said I thought he could do it and I just think it's interesting. To be honest with you, as the season progressed, I was like, "Ah, there's I don't think there's a real chance, but he's he's been heating up a little bit." And so it's just interesting to have at least at the very least the opportunity to speculate about it because to be if I'm being quite honest, I didn't think we'd be in this situation to where we could even asked the question of whether it could happen. But here we are. And just to put things into perspective just a little bit, a little home cooking here. Well, I guess it's the opposite of home cooking. Uh, Albert Bulls has 10 home runs. You know who has fewer home runs than that? Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. So I just want to put that that out there. Uh, Interesting. Just just to let people know. Interesting.
1: Also, I mean, hey. Who who told all these listeners about this matchup between the Brewers and Cardinals? Hello, That's last fair. episode your boy highlighted this. The obviously Cardinal, Cardinals are paying Brewers. attention. Yeah, get out of here! Leave me alone. Good for the Cardinals, taking two out of three. And I'm, I'm I'm hello. I'm a Nolan fan. I'm a Goldie fan. I'm a pool fan. I like rooting for the Cardinals. The Brewers just don't. They're not exciting. They're, you know that what their holes are. They're not going to surprise you with anything else. I like being surprised by teams that you hope are going to do what they're supposed to do. This Cardinals team is built for this. You just hope that they get enough of a gap. Maybe they have a hot week and a half where they get a good seven game lead over the and you got to have a skid with the Brewers and then it and then Albert Pujols gets all the abs the rest of the way out. That that would be awesome, but. Is it gonna happen? Is it realistic? I don't know. Probably not.
0: Crazier things have happened. Side note on the Brewers, real quick. I'm convinced the Brewers could win the World Series, and Nate would say, Yeah, well, they didn't they didn't score <laughs> enough runs. That, that offense just, just wasn't doing it for me.
1: <laughs> I would I love for right. somebody to just read off that lineup for me right now and tell me who's playing yeah. where.
0: And yeah. We don't need to do that. Exactly. Uh, we do, yeah. however, need to talk about what are you doing over there nate what are you you pulling up you you already know that's not what i was was gonna say i was actually gonna say we need to cover some breaking news what happened literally minute (laughs) for those watching on youtube there's there's the ad read right there uh we need to talk about breaking news happened within minutes of hopping on to record this episode texas rangers
1: oh I thought you were going to talk about the little update we just got that Bryce Harper's taking BP. And I know, I know you're just sitting over there like
0: salivating. Oh, I'm I'm chomping at the bit, man. I can't wait. That's my guy. Uh no, we need to talk about Chris Woodward being uh relieved of his duties, but before we do that, tell us about uh BLC,
1: Big League sounds, Chew, sounds founded B-O-C. by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson. Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in the Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouches packed with shredded, flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches, probably close to, probably close to a billion thanks to this ad read, and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubble gum. Grab some gum and head to Big League Chew's social media channels at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram. Got to add that gum to show off your big league bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. Go get yourself
0: some. Hello. So, as mentioned, Rangers have. Can we say fired? I feel like teams don't like throwing that term around anymore. It's relieved of, of duties effective immediately, some variation of that. But can, let's just go ahead and say he was fired. He's in the midst of, I think we determined this was his fourth his fourth season. Is that correct? Yeah. Fourth, fourth so, losing yeah. season. They committed, what, like half a billion dollars this offseason. I think the expectation was that they would at least, at least – be winning a few more ball games than they have been because, as it stands right now,
1: I mean, they're the, on track to lose like 90 games this year.
0: I mean, the for as bad, and I, I promised that I wasn't going to mention this team anymore because of how fraudulent they are. But, to, I mean, we've talked about how bad the Angels have been this year. Yeah you're sitting identical in the wind column with the angels. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not where you want to be.
2: It's got to be progression. It has to be, you wanted to see trending in the right direction. You know, you make these big acquisitions, you're investing money. You want to see growth. Now it's just in the similar ways that people thought that the, the Detroit Tigers were going to be having some more growth this year. Same concept. So maybe that's what it was, and and unfortunately, when you take over a team like Woodward did, where they're trying to come back out of it, and it's been a division run by the Astros, it does not help. Also, that the Seattle Mariners have now reemerged, while you know Oakland was that second team with Houston, and now Oakland is now falling back. So there was you were hoping that the Rangers were going to be the team, not the Mariners, or at least that's that that would be my guess. So they want a fresh voice. You move in. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to be compared to the Angels where there's been so many issues for so long. But I will say this. Positive Rye here. There is some great pieces that the Rangers have. It's it's an unfortunate situation for Woodward. They're moving on to next year, but they find the right manager to come in and they continue to build. The Rangers have pieces in place. And Nate, you've touched on this about you know, having pieces, you know, the Corey Seager is the real deal. You have a great piece there. You can attract some more free agents, bolster your pitching staff. The Rangers can, and the new manager is not going to come into a terrible situation in Texas.
1: Yeah. I, um, I'm curious of the timing. Um, like if you felt like you were in a legitimate contender spot, why did you wait this long? And on the other side, well, I think we, you mentioned Detroit. We have to kind of throw in the little nugget that Avila was let go, uh, as their GM. And I think that's where we're starting to get with baseball right now is that it's a lot of like GM versus manager. And I think you kind of have to decide, you know, which one does the has to be the scapegoat, right? Detroit went that route of bringing in A.J. Hinch, knowing what he's capable of building in the clubhouse. And I think that's why they're committing to him longer term than they did for Avila. The opposite has happened in Texas where you have to feel like, okay, we gave Woodward these pieces and we're still seeing the same things what's you know something's got to give here so we got to go a different direction it's just the timing of it and i i wonder if 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 the rangers were actually considering themselves contenders this year that's what i'm curious about i don't think they did that's why they waited this long to make this kind of move otherwise this move would have been made a week or two before the trade deadline
2: Seems like it had to have been improvements. You won you you, yeah. you you weren't expecting. Okay, first off, I don't think any team wants to to go in there and say, but as as, as outsiders, the the reality is you kind of have an idea of who's expecting to compete. The Rangers were in that that middle ground, but I guarantee you, in the clubhouse organization, they were thinking, well, we can compete for a playoff spot. Didn't happen, but then the front office didn't see enough progression with the team. And so at that point, the, the time's up. They move on. Um, curious timing for sure, though.
1: I think they go after it again this offseason, like immediately. I see them going towards a new manager, whether it's internal or external. They're going to do that right away. And I think from that point, I don't be surprised if they start making runs at other free agents. You heard them in the Otani conversation as well. You heard them briefly for a sec in the Soto conversation. I think they're willing to push chips into the table again this offseason.
0: And I don't think they're one of those teams that, well, I know they're not one of those teams that's just going to leak after the fact. Yeah, we were in on this guy. They've proven that they're willing to spend money on guys. So, to your point, I I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. I would like to see it. I think. Do you have a, does anyone have a name? We talk a manager fill, or like just yeah, another another yeah, guy a
1: manager to fill that role.
0: If it's ex- external, anyway, I I know people are going to disagree with me, but I still think the White Sox did Rick Renteria so dirty, and I'm not saying necessarily that this is a fit, but it's somewhere, like we're talking managers this episode, I think you got to give that guy uh, somebody's got to give that guy a shot. They. Manager of the year and you're gonna let him go? How does that work? I it doesn't make any sense to me. I somewhere he needs to he needs to find a home. All right.
1: Is it weird to say Boone if the Yankees don't do what they're supposed to do this year?
0: I could say like, Yeah, oh, could you see could that. probably plug him in anywhere. Yeah.
2: I think it's too early for a guy like Girardi with what happened. Same thing with do. Joe Madden. You know, I let think guys stink just stink got get th- off of that. Yeah. Except actually, I think if there's one guy it would be Joe Madden, just because of you have the World Series, uh, you you have multiple World Series appearances. So Joe Madden, if there's one manager that was fired this year that could have interest for next year, that would be it. Other than that, I think it's someone else that's either already on staff or um, waiting to see what happens at the end of this year.
1: Do we Do find we think- a, a classic name? Do we revisit Ron Washington?
2: I was. He's been attached to
1: some rumors over the last couple of seasons. I've
0: seen. Well, I've seen some some Rangers fans commenting on that very possibility, and they're saying that the reason that he left would be the reason that he doesn't go back. And I would agree with that. Interpret that however you want to, but I mean, I think with the opportunities that we've seen come up and. In years past and seasons past and he's decided he he's good with where he is. I don't know if this is what kind of pushes the envelope for him or what, what gets him to leave, but I would I would think he's probably still happy with what he's doing. I like him with the Braves, for sure.
1: I just I'd be interested to see him get a second shot, but I, I think we do see like these classic names being recirculated where you're almost like, I feel like baseball is kind of struggling to trust the newer guys unless they're ha unless they have someone internally that's been there for years. That's why we see like the revisit to buck. And it's like, it's kind of like how kickers in the NFL just kind of rotate because you only have trust in so many guys. Right. I feel like that's kind of the way it is for managers in baseball right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it feels like the teams that went, like the Rays did that, where they went out on the limb, where they hired a you know younger, uh, younger manager. But you know, it's interesting. We're getting to that this day and age of again, we go back to the whole new school, old school baseball. It's you know, what do you think's gonna mesh? And Gabe Kapler, when he first began, it didn't really fit for him when he started, but he goes to San Francisco, great fit, young manager, understands. You know, maybe you got to have those failures like you have to have everything in life. But then you have a guy like Buck Showalter where he brought in a certain stability to the Mets that they felt like they didn't have. So I think the other part is whichever manager comes into Texas, you have to figure out what you wanted to be. Buck came in to be the stabilizer and to help a team that that had World Series aspirations this Mm -hmm. offseason. You spent like you were going to the World Series. You had a roster that you felt like you could go to the World Series. Buck fits the handle of the New York media and be able to be a stable force in the clubhouse. He's been there. He's done that for the Rangers. It's going to be, how does he get a best fit your team? Is it going to be a a young up and comer where you might have some growing pains, or is it going to be someone that you're thinking of winning right now? And that's where I think an older, more experienced manager Mm -hmm. is, is where we kind of go to, but are the Rangers ready for that? that? That's why the white Sox fired, uh, uh, rick right yeah like because they thought there was a connection with Larusa. he's had success they want to get over the hump so they brought in somebody that they felt had that older manager with experience now whether you think that's right or not that's why they did that so
1: time will tell i'd be i'd be excited to see the rangers get after a little bit though i would like to see a back-to-back off seasons and I don't think you're going to see it on the Mets kind of scale, but I would like to see them do a little bit of that. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's a new ballpark. They've got that surrounding event center type mall thing around the ballpark. Like I think they're trying to build the hype a little bit more. So for sure, I would see them getting to some Otani conversations. I, I would, I would expect some type of fireworks from them.
0: I'm just going to need them to do a little bit. of then the angels. I mean, that's that's really as low as the bar gets for me that's that's all i ask it's just whatever you do this off season, just make sure do what You're you better. have to do to ensure <laughs> that you finish above the angels next year that's that's all i ask <laughs> um that's about all i got uh, a couple items for closing the book here dodgers uh had have, have won 12 of their last 13 uh, had their 12-game streak snapped on Sunday versus the Royals, and Brady Singer, who little little love to Brady Singer, dude's been been slinging it as of late. Uh, good for him. Uh, the Major League postseason schedule has been released as of uh, this afternoon, I believe. Um, let me pull it up here. Um Looks like we're going to be ending in November, as expected. Game 1 of the World Series is going to be Friday, October 28th. Game 7, if we get to that point, would be November 5th. Uh, All four wildcard series will will be on three consecutive days from October 7th to the 9th. The Division Series will start on October 11th, and then the NLCS starts October 18th, and the ALCS on October 19th. So, so late. I don't we're like going to have late. a lot of baseball in October. I don't like it's it right that around late.
2: the corner. It's right around the corner. September is going to be here before we know it. Oh, it's going to fly baseball. by.
1: September is going to cruise by. I just know it. As soon as we August get out of is August. The worst. I, August I, is we, the worst. We need
0: to get out of August. We need yeah. September to just get here, fly by, so it can be October yeah. again. I'm need with you. I'm
2: with you. That's all I got. Ryan, Nate, you guys got anything? Not much. I just think it's going to be a, an exciting ride. If, this is, if you are a baseball fan, there is it is shaping up to be an extremely exciting wild card finish, especially with the extra team. So as Nate would say, buckle up. It's this series from the past weekend. We saw the Brewers and Cardinals, Orioles, Rays. It's it's time now, folks. It's time. It, sit back and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So again, no pressure on Ryan to have a sign off, but I think we did make a little progress with with Ryan's uh, character, if you will, on this show in terms of the the positive aspect. Yeah. So I, like I think him. we've got something we've got something brewing here with Ryan and kind of formulating him as a <laughs> as a host. On this show,
2: thanks guys. So sign off for me. Have a great day. It's Monday. Great day to have a day.
0: (laughs) Great day to have a day. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's great day to have a day.
2: Nate, that's all I got. uh, I
1: I just I think I'm going to start a movement. I would like a lot of participation and uh, encouragement with this movement. Um, I think it should be illegal. I think this should be an actual law passed. That any type of streaming service is not allowed to advertise Chick fil A on Saturdays. I think we can all get behind that. On Sundays? No, Saturdays. Because Saturday night, you're like, oh, I'm going to get myself Chick fil A tomorrow. No, no, you're not. So <laughs> you're not. Uh, I'm going to get signatures for that. We'll get that moving forward pretty quickly. Um, other than that, you know, you know the drill. Don't go chasing curveballs.
0: We love you all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.